We thank you, Lord, for your word to us today and ask that you would really speak to our hearts and we trust it to you, Lord, that you would bring your love and message to us. We praise your name. Amen. Well, I want to declare that today I'm feeling alive. Why I declare that is because for the last week I've been feeling quite dead, suffering from jet lag, because uh, uh, prior to that I was in uh, Italy and Greece and Turkey, and uh, then flew back to Australia, straight into things here, and all week I've just been dragging myself around, like as if I was hit with a plank or something, and just couldn't get over it. But then this morning I woke up, I'm alive. Praise the Lord. Now, that sort of can be a bit of a symbol, I think, of our Christian journey. But oftentimes, I think, we sort of get really lethargic in the journey. Maybe just weighed down by the journey itself and all of its effects upon us. And we can become quite weighed down and the word they use in the books is like torpor, which is like a sort of a deadness that needs to come alive again. We can be like that. And so tonight, my proclamation is, we're coming alive. You with me? Yeah, yeah but we're coming alive in a particular way. By the power of God's love within us, and that when we begin to experience more deeply this love of Jesus, then we just exude that love for others. We're alive. That's what it really means to be alive. Knowing Jesus Christ deeply, because he brings fullness of life to us. I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. And also on the island of Patmos, which is near Greece, Greece, and that's where John the Apostle was exiled. And that's where he wrote the book of Revelations. And he wrote it, one of the things to the church of Ephesus, where I visited also. And he said to the people of Ephesus at that time, he said, I know you've been very good, you've been working hard, you've been doing lots of good things, but there's one complaint I've got. And he's saying, this is what the Lord's saying to you, there's one complaint. You you don't have the love you used to have. You've lost your first love. And so you're dragging yourself around uh, only half alive. And he says, I want you to come alive again to discover your first love with a new energy, a new excitement for God, a new eagerness to bring the good news to others. Because when this love is in us, this love of God, it's actually very contagious. When you find somebody who's really joyful about life and not sort of moaning and groaning and critical and, and complaining about things, they're joyful in themselves because they're living in the love of God, then it's contagious. Everybody wants a bit of that, huh? And, and that's what we're meant to be as Christians. We're not meant to be sort of dragging ourselves around heavily burdened uh, in unnecessary ways. Because God has come to us in Jesus Christ. You know, I love to say this. When I had the opportunity to ask the Pope Francis something, 
<laughs> you should say, wow. <laughs> well, I did. A year or so ago, I had an opportunity to actually stand before Pope Francis and ask him a question. And I thought the night before, what am I going to ask him? And the question I asked was, I said, Holy Father, we live in a country in Australia where there's an aggressive agenda, a secular agenda, an attack upon the church in many ways. The people are, are unbelieving, there's a hostility in many ways towards belief and towards God. This is a growing thing and it's a problem that we have because we don't know how to preach the gospel anymore. Because people just want to sort of discard the church as being irrelevant and, and of no use to anybody. It's just an old thing that's sort of, uh, you know, it's had its time. And I said, Holy Father, I noticed you're pretty good at this, at proclaiming the good news. What's your secret? And he said to me in answer, there's another thousand people there, mind you, but he's speaking to me. He said, well, what's important is not that you get into a lot of arguments with people, trying to convince them about Christianity. It's not that you have big debates and all that sort of thing. They, they might be necessary. He said, what's important is the way you speak and the way you act. The way of love. That you speak the truth in love. And that you act in love at all times. That people don't see you as condemning them. They don't see you as sort of like uh, just dismissing them. But you, they see you as respecting them uh, very purposefully. And, uh, and so that's what's going to make the difference. And he said, it's important to be able to do what they did in the early church. To be able to say, come and see, because we have discovered a new way to live. And that's what we need to be able to say here at St. Benedict's. We have to say to people that we know, hey, come and see, because there's something new that's happening here at St. Benedict's. Something new that's happening in the church today. People are loving one another. There's a whole new thing happening here. There's a new way to live. You don't have to be sort of dog-eat-dog -dog anymore. There's an, another way to live. That's how they witnessed in the early church, he said, and that's how we should witness to today. Like, uh, meet all hostility with love. Be the aroma of Christ. That's like, you know, a sweet smelling, huh? People don't want to smell your body odor. They want to smell uh, the sweet aroma of Christ exuding from you, huh? Where they see Christ in you and discover Christ present in your community. They see how they love one another. It's like that. Now, someone wrote a book um, not that long ago saying, Why am I afraid, or why are you afraid to tell people who you are? Why am I afraid to tell others who I am? You know, he was talking about sort of emotional problems, etc. But the real fear is fear of rejection, isn't it? We fear we'll be rejected by others. And that's what holds us back from being who we really are as Christians in today's society, I think. Because we're afraid of rejection. And, and, and so that's why the, the reading of today is so strong, where it says, don't be afraid. Jesus is saying, don't be afraid. 
of those who can kill the body but they can't kill the soul. <laughs> they might knock you about a bit, make your life a bit rough, but they can't take out what's given to you in your soul. They can't take away your joy unless you let them take away your joy. They can't take away the love that's in your heart. They can put you in prison even, but you still are able to rise above any difficulty that comes your way. So that joy that we need to exude, when we know Jesus, you see, if Jesus truly becomes the love of my life, then I can't help but share about him to others. How can I hold that back? If he's the love of my life, if he's what makes my life tick, you know, and if that's the truth, then my goodness, you know, I've got to talk about it. I've got to share it. And so I don't have to have a big strategy. You know, we don't have to have big strategy and big plans and, and all that sort of stuff for evangelization. Uh, that could sort of all go wrong because it can be proud and arrogant and everything, but all we've got to need is to allow our hearts to get changed ourselves. To allow the love of God to so penetrate me that I'm just exuding that love for others. And they see it. They know there's something different about this person. Huh? They know there's something different about you. Because you've allowed yourself to become into the likeness of Jesus. Just by being yourself. You actually proclaim the good news. The testimony, is just, and, and you can share when people ask the question, you say, well, actually, this is the reason for my joy. Huh? Okay. So we've got Jeremiah in the first, and now Jeremiah had a pretty hard time, really. He had to proclaim the good news, and, and it says, I hear so many disparaging me, terror from every side, denounce him, denounce him. Huh? Sounds like the press today. Um, all, all those who used to be my friends, they're, they're looking for, to, to knock me down. Huh? But like, um, but then we find Jeremiah in this same text, it's not given there right today, but it's in the same chapter. He says, that, but Lord, you seduced me. And I allowed myself to be seduced. You won me over by your love. And it says, and sure, I, I, I hear people speaking against me all the time, and insult and derision comes upon me. And I said, well, I won't speak anymore. But then, he says, I felt a fire burning in my heart, imprisoned in my bones, that I could not resist. You see, when we allow the love of God to go so deeply into our lives, into our hearts, that He's captured me with His love, then no matter what I have thrown against me because I'm a Christian, it's not going to matter that much because I'm coming out of love. And that fire will continue to burn within me. And, and, and that's what Jeremiah was like. He persisted because of that love that was within him. Now, people today do tend to have a pretty negative view of religion, don't they? I mean, let's face it. My goodness, you know. Uh, I think I might have told you, I'm not sure, but um, I was really taken by this, that recently in London, uh, uh, an atheist who was a millionaire decided to put an advertisement on all the buses in London. You know what it said? It said, God is probably dead. So you can stop worrying and enjoy living. You see what 
that's the modern mentality. That if you believe in God, then it's going to take all your joy away. But that's exactly not what we're about. Huh? It's the exact opposite. Christianity brings joy. Rather than the other way around. So there's a negative message out there, isn't there? Huh? We've got a negative press. So there's a fair bit of work to be done. But by proclaiming Jesus joyfully under the grace of the new Pentecost, that's what we're about, huh? Allowing the Lord to take hold of our lives more deeply. And we need to be convinced. You see, are you convinced that every person that you meet, no matter who they are, whatever social status they have, what sort of job they've got, or what sort of achievements they've made, what beliefs they have, uh, no matter what sophistication or what education they've got, that every person that you meet, no matter who they are, needs Jesus. That's the reality. That's the truth. It can be covered up so easily by people who, who have all sorts of facades uh, that they put up. But underneath, there's a heart that's hungry for God. And we need to understand that. And, and, and meet people with that awareness that somewhere in that person, there's a cry for God, even though they can be very hostile towards God. Somewhere there, there's a cry in the heart. So let's not be abashed or ashamed of proclaiming the good news. We are good news if we're living in Christ and if we're allowing the attributes of Christ to become ours. We are good news. We're meant to exude that with our whole lives and all that we are. Not to be afraid. So Jesus there is saying to us, don't be afraid. Now every hair on your head has been counted. Some of us have more hair than others. Um, there's no need to be afraid. And he says, like one sparrow doesn't fall to the ground without God knowing about it. So you might come into some trouble in proclaiming good news, but God will know about it. And he'll look after you. And you're worth more than hundreds of sparrows. So if anyone declares himself for me in the presence of men, I'll declare myself for him in the presence of my Father in heaven. Let's not be afraid to declare who we are. Not arrogantly. Not sort of uh, in a way that's uh, denouncing people or putting people down or anything like that, but just simply sharing the truth of who we are. Who I am. You know? and, and, and the love that I have for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know that the troubles that people have, that he hung on that cross for each one. And, and I know that in myself. And I know that's the truth. And I know that he rose from the dead. And in him I find all hope and all reason for living in Christ. And so, simply with that realisation, being able to meet people, and to meet people where they're at, not in sort of some... Uh, harsh or, or vindictive way or, or judgmental way, but just in sharing who we are with others. That's what it's about. So let's uh, take up that challenge then, not to be afraid. In the Responsorial Psalm it said, This is my prayer to you, Lord, my prayer for your favour. In your great love answer me, O God, with your help that never fails. Lord, answer, for your love is kind. So let's ask the Lord, 
this night to give us new resurrection power inside our souls, new love that we haven't had before, a new sense of the, the life and the power of God within us, a new sense of who we are in Him as sons and daughters of the Living Father, and a new willingness to be able to be ourselves as we are in today's world. Because it is God's purpose that each man and woman, no matter who they are, would come to know Him and to love Him, and so come to the fullness of their stature as human beings. Let's not be afraid. Let's not be afraid to be who we are. Let's not be afraid to invite people to this community here, to come and be with us here. Now, we should be always of the mindset, who's not here, rather than who is here. Be thinking, who else can we bring to this place to discover the love of God, to enter into the mystery of who Jesus is, and to be able to find new hope in their lives. This is a great opportunity we have. This is evangelising Mass. It's always been that way, and it's important that we keep hold of that, that this is a place where people can walk into and have their hearts open to God. Let's not be afraid to, to invite people to it and, and experience this wonderful gift. You know, I can remember one young fellow you know, years ago, he just walked into this Mass and it, I watched him, he was, I saw him down the back and he was just weeping, weeping, weeping. You know, he was just overwhelmed by the love of God. And so at the end of the Mass, I raced up really quickly to him. He said, oh, hi, hi. Uh, anything I can do? So we went out to the side chapel uh, and we just, um, we talked. And it had been all sorts of stuff, one relationship after another, broken life, etc. And he just shared. And I prayed with him and uh, it was the beginning of a whole change that took place. He said, the Spirit works here if we let Him. Let's open it up to the Lord, not be afraid. Uh, and let Him work on us first. Huh? You're here by God's grace. And in this Mass, in every Mass, but in this Mass where we open it up to the Spirit, the Lord moves powerfully if we let Him. Touches into your life and, touches, and fills you with His love and stirs something in you deeper than you knew you had within you, the Spirit alive within you. He wants to do that. But don't be afraid of Him. And then don't be afraid to tell others, to bring them to the good news as well. And bless His name.